everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. and welcome to a new episode of my K-drama podcast show. Today I'm very, very excited about the episode that I have to bring to your ears. Bring to your ears. Sure, let's say that. <laughs> um, I think it's a really special one. Um, it's been a lot a lot of fun for me personally. Um, basically, this is a guest gavel. Uh, so this is for episode 120 of my K-drama podcast, which I've got to say, 120 episodes. Oh my gosh. Um, I think, I think I've been doing this for like two years now. I'm very excited about this. Um, who knew that I could be so consistent with something, <laughs> but apparently I can, I guess when it comes to K-drama, like seriously, I'm watching these shows anyway. So, you know, it's very fun for me to get on here and waffle about everything to you guys. Um, but I do think that is why this week's episode is extra special because this week it isn't only me waffling on about K-drama at all of you guys. This week I have guests. So basically, if you're new to the show and you don't already know, a guest gabble is when I chat with my Patreon supporters and invite anyone who wants to come on the show um, to do so. And basically, uh, this time around, we had a bunch of topics, like potential topics for the Guest Gabble episode. Um, we did like a little poll um, and yeah, <laughs> people picked what they liked the most as a topic, uh, did little recordings and sent them in. So that's what I've got to share with you guys today. Um, and I've listened to them all already and they're fantastic and were so much fun. I think this will be a really great episode as well um, for anyone who's kind of maybe interested in hearing some recommendations um, for things that you might enjoy to watch. Um, I think there's a lot of really, really wonderful shows getting talked about in this episode. Um, and I'm going to say most of them that I have not seen. So really, really great for me as well to get new K-dramas recommended to me that maybe I should be watching. There's quite a few that I've actually gone written down. <laughs> so maybe you'll hear full episodes on them in the future. Um, so I guess I also want to just say at the start of this episode, just an enormous thank you to everyone who's chosen to support the show on Patreon. You guys are amazing. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and a very special thank you this week to a new Patreon supporter to Kendra Deloof. Thank you, Kendra, for joining the K-Drama community. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll, I'll talk a little bit about this guest gabble topic that got picked. And I'll say a huge thank you to Catherine because she was the one who suggested this 
this topic that ended up getting picked in the toll. So thank you, Catherine. Um, so this topic for this week that everyone is waffling on about very passionately, I might point out, which I love, I love the K-drama passion. Oh my gosh. Um, is underrated K-drama gems slash underrated Asian drama gems. So not totally only related to K-dramas, um, just whatever kind of k uh, I can't even say drama without saying K-drama, <laughs> whatever drama gems the listeners want to talk about. Um, so there are some great shows getting talked about here. And I think the idea of underrated gems is so interesting. You know, like I think so many of us, you know, so many of us have watched so many dramas, <laughs> but there are really so many out there that it is impossible to watch all of them. Like the amount of UK dramas or dramas in general that come out every month is kind of insane and it's just impossible to keep up, which means, of course, there's always going to be dramas that fall between the cracks that you don't end up watching. And then sometimes time goes by and you totally forget that they ever existed at all. And of course, you know, the real classic or the really popular famous dramas are the ones that people still talk about after years and years. So you kind of, you know, they're always there in the back of your mind if you didn't watch it to go back and try those ones out because they're kind of just constantly... I don't know, being talked about on the net or whatever, if you're part of a K-drama community, um, which I am now because of this podcast, but of course never used to be. So it's a, it's really a brand new experience for me to have these kind of chats with listeners and other, you know, mad K-drama fans like I am and hear the dramas that other people are watching and loving. And I think it's particularly exciting to hear what, what dramas people have loved that they believe are underrated, so underrated gems, or that they believe kind of slid through the cracks and no one talked about them or no one cared about them enough, or, um, you know, have just sort of been forgotten or not given enough love as to what that drama deserves. So I know personally there are a heap of dramas that are probably my most top favorite dramas ever <laughs> that I feel you know, they're kind of quieter dramas that don't necessarily have a lot of buzz around them, um, but really mean a huge amount to me. And as it happens, um, lately this month, I happen to have been re-watching um, one of my all-time favorite K-dramas from 2019, um, which I just adore. But even I sort of forgot about it because, <laughs> you know, there's so many new dramas coming out and I actually ended up re-watching it this month. So um, just perfect timing for this episode. So I'm going to waffle on about that one at the very end of the episode. So I'll pop that one in after all my wonderful guest gabble guests, which will go first. Um, so yeah, underrated K-drama gems, underrated just Asian drama gems. Let's get into this episode. Uh, I really, really hope that listeners enjoy I don't know, listening to this and being part of a K-drama community and getting lots of really cool K-drama and just Asian drama um, suggestions thrown at you and recommendations for incredibly wonderful underrated gems that might, you know, that you might have missed. Um, all right. So we're going to get on with the K-drama show. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in this week. Hi, Evie. Thank you for having us all back to talk about underrated K-dramas. I'm so excited about this topic because I think, uh, I think I have some good ones. Um, 
The first one that I really want to recommend is called Mad for Each Other. Um, it's only 12 episodes. Each episode is about 30 minutes long. Um, I watched this recently. It was it was so easy to watch. Like you just zip through it. It's very, very easy watching. Um so okay, it's about this man, uh No We O, who is a detective. Um, I understand this actor was in like Reply 1997. I'd never seen him in anything before, and I think he's so great. Um uh, so anyway, uh he has anger issues. Um and he keeps crossing paths with this woman in his apartment building. It's this very big, like multi-story apartment building in Seoul. And um, she is very, very scared of him. Um, and you find out later it's because she has some traumas of her own. Um, this, <laughs> despite the kind of heavy setup, it's actually a very light, healing, funny, funny, funny show um, with excellent romance. The chemistry between these two is wonderful. Um, and I was also super impressed with the way that they handle mental health because a fun thing about it is that they're both going to the same therapist and they don't realize it. They're both going to the same therapist to work through their issues and they don't know that about each other. Um, and they start out as enemies. They hate each other so, so much. And it, and honestly, like from the first episode, I was like, how are they going to get these two together? Um, but they do. And honestly, like this is one of the steamier K dramas. Like it was really, it it's really, really good. Highly recommend. Um, it almost feels kind of like indie, like an indie film version of a K drama because of the way it's shot. It's very colorful. Um, yeah, I'd never seen anything like this. And I just really enjoyed it and appreciated it. I thought it was very well done. Um, the first episode, there were a few like <laughs> gross jokes, but honestly, like it don't let that put you off because this show is so lovely, so healing, very, very steamy, um, and just like beautiful to look at. Uh, so I highly recommend Mad for Each Other. Um I think I watched it. It's on Netflix in the United States. Um, and again, it's only 12 episodes. Each episode is like between 30 to 40 minutes. So it's really just wonderful to watch. Um, and I think if you look at some of the visuals and the imagery from it, you'll also love it. Oh, also there's this wonderful community of apartment people who live in the apartment, including this like women's association who start out not understanding the main woman um oh uh, oh who is played by Oh Yoon So who I've never seen before either I hadn't but apparently she was in a Korean Odyssey um and quite a lot of things based on what I'm seeing anyway they like start out not approving of her but then they really take her under their wing and are like no you we are protecting you you are part of our team now and it's just really wonderful so that's mad for you and that's the first underrated k-drama that i recommend and it it's new it came out like summer of this year the second one that i want to recommend is into the ring oh my gosh this is another one that i feel like it feels kind of like an indie movie 
a little bit in the way it's shot. Like, especially this one. This is one of the most visually interesting K-dramas I've ever seen. Um, The way that they use colors specifically, like blue and pink, is really amazing. Often they have these, like, shots straight on from the, uh, of the actors. Uh, and it looks like they're talking to camera, but like they're talking to the other character. It's just really visually beautiful and very, very interesting. Um, I feel like if you're a fan of something like Parks and Rec, and if you like beta heroes, you're gonna love Into the Ring. Um, it, the, the main woman is, uh, Nana. Nana? Uh, she plays a uh a woman who like is jumping around jobs uh and she sees that uh there's a job opening like on the district's people's committee it's kind of like the um like city council she basically sees there's a job opening on city council and if you work on city council you get a salary but you don't actually have to work that much so of course she runs um and even though initially and she keeps saying it's like it's just for the paycheck I don't care about it but she becomes a real advocate for her community and she becomes someone who like roots out corruption in uh in like the local politics and that was really cool um especially just to kind of see how local politics work in Korea which is something uh, I like didn't know of um her the the guy in it oh my gosh he is so sweet. If you like, like, quiet, kind of cold, slightly grumpy guys um, who, like, he can't help himself believing. Sorry, my husband is, like, on a meeting right now. So um, I hope you can't hear him. Um, if you like, if you like guys like that and he just can't help but, like, believe in her, and he keeps helping her. Like, in the first couple episodes, he's like, why do I keep doing things for you? It's very sweet. Their chemistry is awesome. He uh, also works for the city, and he kind of just gets taken in by her, like, energy and and can-do attitude, and he really starts believing in some of the changes that she wants to make. Um, this isn't, yeah, this show is so, so good. Um, I believe it's like your typical 16 episodes. It is also on Netflix in the United States, I believe. I think it's also on Vicky. I could be wrong. But yeah, um, Into the Ring is wonderful, especially if you like really strong women. I really don't, this is, I, I can't put my finger on it, but this is a character that I hadn't seen a lot of women like this in K-dramas. She's like messy, also really strong, very quirky. This one, this show has a lot of quirk. Um, and if you like a beta hero who, he like his cold exterior just really cracks and melts when it comes to her. It's so cute. Um, I'm definitely going to start following both of these actors around um k-drama land because i loved them i loved them loved them um okay so that one was into the ring the last one that i want to say that i know i've said before on this podcast it's i am not a robot and it's not a rope it's not about a robot she's not a robot she is not a robot and i am not a robot 
Um, this is a K-drama that completely took me by surprise because um, I thought the setup sounded outrageous. Basically, this woman's ex-boyfriend who is a scientist uses her as a prototype for a robot um, that is supposed to be like a helper. They like contracted out to this like rich sad chable so if you like the like poor little chable trope like i do you're gonna love i am not a robot but uh they basically have to like body switch the real girl with the robot so she's pretending to be a robot she's not a robot um and they fall in love and it's so good that's all i'll say i am not a robot that's one that i just wish was talked about more because i loved watching it so so much um it's stars Yu Sung Ho who uh is I know in Moonshine right now um and I really want to watch him in more stuff like I'm gonna start watching My Strange Hero which he's also in um and I've enjoyed him in Moonshine and then the uh the main woman is Chae Soo Bin who is just so sweet um and I can't wait to see what she does next so The third one I want to recommend is I Am Not a Robot. Okay, thank you so much for having me. Um, If anyone wants to talk about K-dramas with me, I'm always around. My name is Catherine Bourne Taylor. That's my name on Instagram. If you want to ever chat about K-dramas, I love you all. Love you, Evie. Talk to you later. Bye. Hi, my name is Jerry Hertel, and I've been listening to Evie for a while. So when she did this call out for the most or a drama that hadn't gotten a lot of attention, I immediately thought of some. And um, the first one I wanted to talk about was Live Up to Your Name. I probably have mentioned it before, but it's a really funky little drama. It stars uh, Kim Nam. Gil and Kim Ah-jung. Um, he's a doctor in the Joseon era and he finds these magical needles and fast forwards to the future and meets the woman who's a doctor. And while they have different principles, their, their beliefs and skills are strong. And he turns out to be the father of acupuncture and has to decide whether he's going to stay or go back to fulfill or live up to his name. But the others I wanted to talk about were um, from when I very first started my K-drama journey. And I started because of a show called Sensate on Netflix. And I didn't have access to other um, K-dramas except what was on Netflix. And so um, from Sensate was uh, Bay Duna Bay and, um, or Bay Duna and uh, Suko Sun. And they were both great in Sensate. And so I followed them into K-drama land and found Stranger, which was a wonderful show. There were two of them, I believe. Um, and the other one that Sukosan was in was the um, Designated Survivor, which we had a version of that in the United States. And they had one in South Korea. And both of them were just great. And those are also some that... I think are not as uh, well known as some of the others, uh, like the Red Sleeve or even in Royal Inspector and Joy. 
although I don't really know because that was the beginning of my journey. So if anybody is looking for some shows that are not readily up in the number 10 or what we uh, recommend versions, whether on Viki or on Netflix or even on uh, Prime, whatever you have access to, I think um, some of those were Netflix originals and some were not. I can't remember which, but those are all on. And then from those movies, I followed the leads and found other movies like Sisyphus, which was really fun. So I don't know how much of this is really helpful to anybody, but it was fun for me. So again, Live Up to Your Name is one, The Stranger, one and two, and, um, uh, designated survivor. Those were all fun. So I hope that if you're looking for anything, you might pick up some of those. If not, carry on and have fun watching K-dramas. Hi, Evie and fellow podcast listeners. My name's Liliana and I'm a self-proclaimed Asian drama addict. For this episode, Evie asked us to recommend some underrated dramas. And now, normally I run for Chinese dramas, but this time around, I've actually got a few K-dramas. My first underrated K-drama is the 2021 drama Idol The Coop. At first, I thought this would simply be another Idol drama. I still press play. This drama is centred around a failed K-pop girl group who are about to be disbanded by their company. So they make a deal. We will get a number one at a music show and then, only then, will we disband. And we will do this in three months. Now, that's not the typical idol drama I'm used to. I love this story. It went to places that I didn't expect. It's also very well acted. And you end up falling in love with Cotton Candy, the K-pop girl group. I feel like this drama fell through the cracks last year, but at 12 episodes, the story is tight and well portrayed, so I definitely recommend it. My next one is a small web drama called Handmade Love. It is a Korean eight-episode mini-drama starring Lee Soo-hyuk as a supernatural clothes maker. He basically makes clothes which embody what people want to feel. This is a very short and beautiful drama, which I would definitely recommend. My third choice is also another short Korean web drama called Dear My Name. Basically, this is set in an alternative world where your soulmate's name is engraved on your body. And when that happens, these soulmates are naturally drawn to each other. But there's also those who remain unnamed and this causes problems because the unnamed can often fall in love with people who've already been claimed by somebody else. This is super short, only six episodes. My only wish is that it was longer since I love fantasy and actually it's pretty well done in this drama. It's a cool concept. Now, I don't think it would be a me list without at least one Chinese drama showing up. The one that I think is quite underrated, although there's many, is a 2018 drama called Smile. Although it's called Smile, that's not exactly how it's spelt. It's spelt S-M semicolon close bracket E. 
as if the I and the L were an actual smiley face. It tells the story of a superstar with a condition which doesn't allow him contact with others until our female lead shows up and voila, he can touch her. A pretty familiar plot with contract marriage thrown in, but this drama went deeper than what it seems on the surface and actually I ended up really, really enjoying it. But I've never really seen anyone talk about it. Maybe because it's an old drama or maybe because I just didn't go looking for it. But I definitely recommend it as one of my underrated choices. My last choice would be, and I'm a bit reluctant to actually make this one because it hasn't quite finished as I'm recording this. But um, it finishes next week and I haven't really heard much chatter about it. It's a Chinese drama called, and I'm going to butcher this name because I do not know how this word, word is pronounced, but it's called Memory of Encaustic Tile. It's a strange name, but I'm watching this at the same time as um, my first ever watch of Reply 1988. I know it's been a long time in the making. And they have such a familiar vibe and feel to them. The found families are amazing. It's a story mainly of three kids, two boys and a girl, who live in an alley. And these alleys are pretty common in China from what my research has shown me. Um, and basically, the whole alley looks after each other, all the houses in the alley. And also, um, a lot of the people in the alley work in um, historical restoration uh, and lots to do with art so it's really really nice to see that um, in the drama and basically the story follows the kids journey uh, from childhood all the way through adulthood through tragedy love and loss I'm almost done with it and feel like it definitely needs more recognition Okay, I could go on, but I won't take up any more of your time uh, with my crazy chatter. Thank you, Evie, for doing this. It's always a joy to join in on these episodes. I hope everyone is doing okay in their part of the world. And at least we've all got Asian dramas to watch. Bye. Hi, this is Lorna. Um, I'm sending you in this from California, where I live. Um, I went from being kind of a rookie K-drama fan to a varsity in, in one year. Uh, I started watching K-dramas less than a year ago, and I've already watched 60. So <laughs> don't tell my family. Um, I wanted to send in a note or a voice a recording about my pick of a hidden gem, which is the movie Oh My Venus. Um, this is a movie... Uh, that has unbelievably great ratings on um, Vicky. I think it has a 9.7. But it, it doesn't make a lot of people's best of lists, and there's not a lot of buzz around it. Um, although more and more I've met people who actually just totally love this, this drama, and um, even though it doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, oh My Venus came out in 2015, and it's 16 episodes. Um, I'll first talk about who it stars and the plot. Um, it stars... Um, Shin Minah, most recently of um, Hometown Cha Cha Cha, and uh, the one 
her adorable dimples and she really is so great in this and um it's hard to imagine them casting anyone else who could have pulled this off um but she's great and then probably one of the things i love most about this drama is the star um soji sub who ha has been in just a couple things i'd never seen him in anything before haven't seen him in anything since but he is unbelievably charming and um probably one of the things that i love about this drama is that these main characters are in their late 30s um it's kind of adults being really cute and and having a great relationship so it's it's not um it's not high school kids um then there's two other people who really stand out in the cast um song han who plays sort of a um well, I'll tell you a little bit more about who he plays, his character, and then Henry Lau. So anyway, it's got a great cast. Actually, the cast is much wider than that, and they're all really terrific. But, but those are some of the people who stood out. Um, in terms of the cast, um, so Soji Sub plays Yoon, uh, Ju Young. Um, he's, uh, sorry, that's not true. Shin Minha plays Ju Young, and she is a lawyer. She's 33 years old. Um, and... Uh, Soji Sub plays uh, Young Hu, Hu um, who's uh, a doctor, a trainer, um, very rich, uh, again, in his late 30s. Um, so the plot is uh, that um, Jun Young, she was once just this absolutely beautiful, beautiful girl who was everyone called the Venus um, when she was in high school. And over the last 15 years, she's been really busy with her career and... Um, She's had a, a longtime boyfriend of 15 years who dumps her. And um, the, the plot, okay, it's going to sound kind of bad, but I swear if you can just work through the first couple episodes, it's totally gross on you and you'll love it. But there's some, some weird moments in the first couple episodes that make you kind of uncomfortable because the plot line is that she's gained a lot of weight. And, um, you know, this wouldn't be so jarring, except if you notice in Korean dramas, nobody's ever even slightly heavy. So it's a little bit jarring in this. And they have put um, Shin Min Ah in a fat suit. And I think some people have watched the first episode or two and been like, oh, this just feels uncomfortable. Even though the body met the messages about body shape and health are very are the right ones. Um, I think some people that's turned them off and I swear if you make it past the first three episodes, you will love it. And if you don't love it by episode six, which is like the most adorable episode, uh, then do give it up. But if you make it to six, I can almost promise you this is going to be one of your favorite dramas. Um, but so as I said, uh, the, uh, the plot, she's, um, she befriends this, she sort of has an incident with her health and her weight on an airport airplane and she meets a celebrity trainer um, who she convinces to help her. Um, and then from there, help her train and, and get back healthy and in shape again. But as I said, the body messages I thought were really healthy and good. Um, the, the, in the plot of sort of found family and the love that these two develop, their relationship is just so incredibly charming. Um, so again, if you can get past the sort of fat suit and 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 get comfortable with with them and with their interactions and how lovely they are to each other, even when they're sort of dry humor and sarcastic, I think you're really going to love it. Um, she has tremendous confidence, even when she's heavy. It's just incredibly charming. There's a lot that goes on in the plot. There's a lot of great side characters. Probably my favorite thing is it never sags in the middle. 
it is interesting all the way through and particularly from episode six on it is so strong and um as i said everyone i've ever met who finished the drama felt it was one of their favorite ones they'd ever watched the people who you meet who didn't like it quit really early on and i think didn't didn't stick it stick it through um and then i probably my favorite thing is it has a, without doing a spoiler here it has a very happy ending and it has the kind of ending that Korean dramas sometimes don't give you and you wish they would. Um, I won't say more than that. But anyway, I absolutely loved Oh My Venus. I hope you all love it too. If you tried it in the past and just went an episode or two in, really try to stick through it, stick with it. Don't get too hung up on, you know, the sort of the gaining weight, losing weight part of it. That's really just part of it. It's about sort of being happy and, um, I, I loved it. I really think you'll love it. I loved it. Have fun. Bye. Hello, everyone. This is Lizzie, and I'm chuffed to be back again for this next guest gabble. I'm quite excited to talk about this topic because, um, you know, I, I love talking about dramas, but I'm also probably more excited to hear about everyone else's underrated gem dramas because um, that means that I'll probably find some shows that that I can feel excited about watching um, that maybe I didn't know were so good. Um, so thanks again, Evie. You're awesome, and I'm so grateful that you've created this community. Okay, so I thought long and hard about this topic and I even rewatched some of the dramas that I'm going to mention today because I just wanted to check that I hadn't remembered wrong, that they were really as great as I remembered, um, but actually it turned out to be, that turned out to be super enjoyable for me uh, and I've sort of gone onto a little bit of a binge of, of re-watching um, favourite dramas, which I'm enjoying every bit as much, maybe more, the second time round. So, yeah, good topic for that from that point of view, too. All right, so uh, of course, I couldn't just pick one, so I'm going to be talking about a couple. Um, so, in no particular order, um, uh, I'm going to start with the drama because this is my first life. This one stars Jung So Min and Lee Min Ki, or E Min Ki, I always get the pronunciation wrong. Um, Jung, uh, Jung So Min has most recently been in My Father is Strange, which I haven't seen, but I did see her in Playful Kiss, which she did a long time ago. I'm not sure what year that drama was, but I feel like it was maybe 2012-ish or maybe even older than that. I'm not sure. Um, and that one was a youth drama, which I really loved at the time because it was probably like, I think that was my very first Korean drama that I ever watched and it led me down this whole path of, of becoming um, a K-drama addict. Um, but when I think back on it, it probably, you know, I've certainly seen ones that are far better than that one since then. Um, but, you know, I still have an affectionate spot in my heart for it. So she was the female lead in that one. And Lee Min Ki um, has recently been in The Beauty Inside, uh, which I really enjoyed watching. And I actually watched after one of the guests on a guest gabble talked about it. And I thought, oh, that sounds really good and watched it and really enjoyed it. Um, so back to Because This Is My First Life. I don't actually know what sort of reception the drama got or how popular it was, but I get the impression that it was just a quiet little drama. It pretty much went by unnoticed. Um, I have a Korean friend and she actually used that word to describe it, that it was a quiet, little quiet little drama. Um, 
yeah, so I think in that way it's sort of an it's an underrated gem. When I first started watching it, I actually just had no idea that it was going to get into my heart the way that it did. It really crept in slowly, um, but it, it just has stayed with me ever since I watched it. I got really invested with the characters and their journey. And of course, it's a romance drama because I love romance dramas and it uses one of my favourite tropes. <laughs> which always helps. Um, and that's the one where the main couple are forced together by circumstances and they have to pretend to be a real couple, which then leads them to fall in love for real. My favourite trope ever. Um, so the setup of this one is that the male lead, uh, who's a character called Nam Sihi, is an emotionally stunted man. Um, he's really cut off from everyone and, and everything. Uh, he, he only seems to care about paying off his mortgage he owns a flat and he wants to pay that off as soon as possible and also his cat that he's obsessed with um in fact they refer to him um as left brain mortgage right brain cat or something like that um because they're the only two things he seems to think about and when we see first meet him in the drama he's just so totally disconnected um he almost seems to be on the spectrum um he's just not your typical leading man at all um he doesn't have that sort of charm and charisma or any sort of yeah he's just shut off he's really really shut off um, we don't know why he's like that, um, but it, it certainly does get explored in the drama and we do understand what led him to become that way. Although I think he's just generally a sort of a quieter, you know, more sort of taciturn um, type of man anyway. So the female lead, who's a character called Yun Ji Ho, is um, she, we start off the drama and, and see what she, she does for a living. So she works as an assistant drama writer and um, there's this fantastic sequence at the start of the drama where she's working working on um she's assistant writer on like a mukjung drama and she's working out how to put a product placement for about 16 or 20 different products into an episode of the of this drama that she's working on and they actually then enact you know the scenes in which the product placement happens and I, I was really laughing out loud um I think the funniest one was where she um is she needs to put red ginseng in there somewhere and so she's um I think there's a scene where the you know the lead man dramatically like throws the woman against a bookshelf and like you know puts his arm up against the wall and like you think he's going to kiss her but he reaches behind her and gets a sachet of red ginseng out and and rips the the um, top off with his teeth and then consumes it anyway it's very funny and very silly and I think we've all seen product placement in dramas that's like you know some of it's done better than others but it's really sending that up so I found that really funny at the start. Um, anyway, so she, this is the opening. She's been working as this, this assistant writer. She's been away staying at this place, at this house with the, with the writer doing the writing and she's on her way back home. Um, so she shares a flat with her brother, which they own. And um, in the meantime, while she's been away, her brother's gotten married because he's impregnated his girlfriend. So she walks in on them having sex and uh, that's pretty um, upsetting for her and she decides there's no way she can live with a, a newly married couple and so decides to move out. Um, her father is very patriarchal and um, very sexist and you know he and his wife have a very traditional gender role type marriage and he's 
always more supportive of his son than his daughter. So she's kind of on her own. Um, around the same time, the leading man, our leading man, so Sihi, is looking for a housemate himself. Uh, he wants a housemate to help him pay off his mortgage, but he's really particular about the kind of housemate that he wants. And he's been through a few because none of them seem to meet up to his expectations. And so they're actually recommended to each other through friends of friends, but each of them believes that the other is the same gender. Um, and the, it, they do it really well, actually, because they have the sort of, you know, text communications uh, going on between them. And, um, you know, when it's Jiho th listening to what see he's saying, it's in a woman's voice and vice versa, so that, you know, you can see how, it, yeah, it's easily misconstrued. Um, so the beginning of the drama just really plays on this and uses the humour in this. Um, and then eventually, of course, they realise that they are a man and a woman and they decide that it wouldn't be really proper to live together. But around that same time, see, he is pressured by his mum to get married, his mum and dad, um, and he just doesn't want to. But he's just on the spur of the moment because, you know, Jiho is like, you know, the most perfect housemate ever that he's ever lived with. Um, he just on a whim says, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Would you like to get married? <laughs> um, in his very abrupt sort of emotionless way. And... Um, and, and, you know, they figured that this is a way that he can satisfy his family. They can continue to live together without any sort of scandal or whatever. Um, and she eventually decides to do it because she's in a position of, you know, this is the best house she's ever lived in. She's, you know, got very low income. Um, and, you know, this would, if she can be married to this man for two years and basically live as his housemate, um, that's a win for her as well. Um, so it starts off as, you know, very convenient relationship between the two of them. But then of course they start to develop feelings. I see he has to come to terms with his past. He has to, you know, realise that he has to allow himself to feel again um, and, and start to open up, which he does so really, really slowly, but in a beautiful way. And, and so the romance is really slow burn. It's really sweet. Um, the characters are so endearing. They're so lovely, uh, lovable. I just really invested hard in their blossoming romance. Um, the other part of the show that I really loved was Jiho's friendship with her two best friends and they each have a romance storyline as well um, and their friendship is just beautiful. It's really enjoyable to watch and, you know, they're each really unique characters with their own sort of journey. Um, the other feature that I loved about the drama is that it uses narration quite a lot and the narration is really poetic. It's really quite beautiful, sort of reflections about life and love. Um, and so the whole thing just feels really warm hearted. And, and then so before you know it, it just sort of nestles itself into your heart and, um, oh gosh, I enjoyed the ending so much. I just didn't want the show to end. Um, I mean, it's not perfect. Certainly there's, there's, um, there's missteps like, oh, I really hate it when the couple separates for a ridiculous reason, um, which happens in this one, unfortunately. Um, but I, I sort of forgave them pretty quickly. Um, there is a sort of a purpose to it in that, you know, there needs to be an emotional um, response from Sihi and, and that's what this separation does. And, and that scene is really satisfying and, and really funny. Um, so I really recommend that one. I, I, I loved it so much. Um, the next show I'm going to talk about is called Mad for Each Other. And this one's a 13 episode 2021 drama. And it stars Oo Jung of Reply 1994 fame and Oh Yon So from A Korean Odyssey and also Love with Flaws, uh, among other dramas. Um, and I watched this one because I really love Oh Yon So and A Korean Odyssey is. Uh, you've heard me talk about it before. It's like one of my all-time favourite dramas. I think she's stunningly 
beautiful. I love her acting. Um, and I thought, yep, I'll give that one a try. Uh, looks good. Looks like a, you know, quirky little romance drama. Um, I don't think it got very much attention, uh, but I think it's absolutely a hidden gem. And it, once it drew me in, I could not wait to watch each episode. It was one of those shows that was like, oh, come on, when's the next episode coming out? And I was just hanging out for each new episode. Uh, so it really, really hooked me. Um, so uh, the, the, the basic premise of this one is that the two characters, they're neighbours, they're living in the same building, um, but they also happen to share the same psychiatrist. Sorry, there's a Korean drama playing in the background. That's funny. I just, that's what I was doing before I started recording this. Um, oh, dear, that was funny. Um, okay, um, so, yeah, they, they're living in the same building um, and they also discover that they share the same psychiatrist uh, and they've sort of, they have a, you know, very much a clashing sort of meeting where they hate each other. Um, she's really kooky. She's certainly not very conservative. You know, she's got this sort of wavy hair with wears a flower in her hair and these big round glasses and, and wears weird clothes and, and um, doesn't seem to be working. And she's got these massive anxiety issues, which we don't know why she does. Um, and he, on the other hand, he's a, a police officer that's currently on suspension because of his anger management issues. And so that's what he's seeing the psychiatrist for. Um, so yeah, it starts with hate at first sight and then of course, you know, various circumstances keep bringing them together. The first few episodes, if you bear with it, are very much on the comedy end. You know, it's really kind of madcap, it's OTT, um, it, you know, it could almost be maybe a bit silly, um, very much a screwball comedy type style at the beginning. But then when it finds its groove, it's fantastic. It just moves into being this really moving, actually surprisingly moving story of two really damaged people that are each recovering from their own trauma and they have to learn to trust each other and they have to learn to love again and then you know once their defenses are down and they start to show their hearts to each other the romance is really beautiful um you really want them to to come to each other the path you know to come together is not easy for them it's certainly not a traditional romance in that way I was never really even sure if they were going to make it um, and you certainly understand as a viewer, you know, that there's a lot of healing that has to happen for both of them. Um, and learning about each of their backstories was great. And I, like, I'm a psychologist for a living and I felt that because it's dealing with a lot of psychological issues of trauma and so on, I think it did it incredibly well. Um, it's really um, coherent. It, it makes sense. It feels true. It is, you know, it's just really well done. I think it was fantastically written. Um so yeah, you know, we, we, it's not like a love conquers all kind of thing. It's, it's more gentle than that, but they help each other heal. And I really enjoyed, you know, the scenes where they finally sort of able to show their affection to each other. And um, yeah, it, it was really beautiful. But as I said, yeah, I was really impatient for each episode. It was, it was airing. The episodes are quite short. I think they're only like 40 minutes or something. And, and yeah, there's only 13 of them. So it's a, it's a fairly quick watch actually. Um, other things that I loved in this drama, there was actually a transgender storyline. I've not seen that in a Korean drama before. I thought it was done really beautifully. I thought it was really realistically handled. You know, it certainly touched on all the issues of acceptance and so on. Um, but this sort of unlikely friendship that forms between the transgender person and uh, the convenience store, the sort of slightly surly convenience store staff member, um, who was played by the singer Lee Soo-hyun, um, who from the band Akmu. And... Um, um, which I, you know, now know because I, she sings in the drama, and oh, 
I mean, her voice is to die for. I remember just my jaw falling open as I listened to this stunning voice. Um, I love women's voices. I'm a singer as well. Um, and when I hear a really beautiful voice with amazing vocal tone, it just, ugh, I love that. So it really sucked me in. So I immediately looked up at her up and, you know, she's on high rotation and, and the um, the work of their band, Akmu, which she has with her brother, is on high rotation. So good. Um, so, yeah, I'm really grateful to the show for introducing me to her as well. Uh, so, yeah, quick watch, 13 episodes, quite short. So if you want to, you know, watch something between dramas that won't take up too much time, I really do recommend this one. Um, my third drama is Chicago Typewriter. Uh, and I know Evie's had an episode about this one and, and she watched it because I, I recommended it to her. So you will have heard all about it um, if you've been a long-time listener of the show. If you haven't, go back and listen to her episode on it. Um, that one's 16 episodes from 2017 starring You Are In and Im Soo-jung and Go Kyung-pyo. I'm sorry about my pronunciation. Um, all of the three actors have been in heaps of things. Uh most recently, you are in was in the movie Alive, the that zombie movie, and the drama Hellbound. Um, Im So Jung, Jung, sorry, has been in Search WWW, and uh, which I also really enjoyed that drama, by the way. Um, and also um, Go Kyung Po has been in The Strongest Delivery Man and Reply nineteen eighty eight, which is the one. It's not that recent, but that's the one that I actually most recently saw him. I thought he was really good in that, and I reckon that's one of his probably more well known roles. Um, I thought that this drama was so good. In fact, I haven't rewatched this one yet, but I'm going to because I loved it so much. Um, I think it deserved heaps of accolades, but I think it's probably been more of a quiet achiever. Um, it's a fantasy drama, which I also really love. I love fantasy dramas with the sort of supernatural element. Um, it's basically a reincarnation story. So we have sequences from um, their past lives and then their present lives. Um, and in the past lives, uh, the characters um, are living under Japanese rule in the 1930s, fighting for independence. Um, in the present day, um, the male lead is a writer and the female lead is a sort of jack of all trades, you know, doing a million jobs kind of person. Um, and they sort of have to you know, the modern component has their sort of slowly emerging love story. They hate each other at first, so they each start to remember their past lives. And then we get to also see their evolving love story in their past lives. Um, and, of course, the past life sequence ends really tragically because, well, it's their past life. We sort of know that they are going to have to die, but not necessarily in such a tragic way. But um, so sorry if I've spoiled that. Um, but it's it's moving. It's so moving. You're just, you're just so there. Um, I cried buckets, It was, but it was beautiful. And then you sort of feel like, you know, yes, they were torn apart in the past, but they get to be together in the present day. Um, the um, Go Kyung Po Pyo plays um, a ghost. So he's actually not, he's from that original timeline, the 1930s timeline, and he appears in the present as a ghost. So he's not a reincarnated person, but he's, it's kind of a love triangle. Um, he's in love with her as well. Um yeah, so it was just really good. Um, you know, it has that rom-com element in the um, in the modern sequences, in the you know, present day stuff. And then it's just fascinating with the history. I don't see a lot of dramas that are, are set in the 1930s or 20s that kind of focus on that Japanese occupation. I know it's a really depressing time in history, but I also think it's incredibly fascinating. I'd love to see more stuff that's set there. Um, yeah, the clothes, the aesthetics, the lighting was just so good. Um, I loved all the past scenes in the jazz club, um, the street settings, really, really good. Um, 
and probably my most memorable part of this drama was this fantastic kiss scene in the past life part of the show so well shot um just yeah like little things like him pulling her towards him by the waist and and having the camera zoom in on that and then him dropping his glasses as the kiss deepens ah oh, so good it's definitely one that you will want to watch several times and i did in fact i think i need to watch it after i finish talking ah okay anyway last one sorry i'm talking way too much um the last drama um is one <laughs> that i wasn't sure whether i should talk about or not but hey i love it so much i thought why not um it's called fated to love you or you are my destiny it's a 2014 drama so that's an older one it's 20 episodes um it stars jung hyuk as lee gun and jung nara as kim mi young and Choi jin hyuk as Daniel. I'm sure I've mispronounced all of those names. Uh, hopefully you know who they are. They've been in heaps of things. They're super famous, all of them. Um, Jung Hyuk's most recently been in My Country, um, Walk of Love. Uh, Jung Nara has been like in everything. Um, oh My Baby and One More Happy Ending are ones that I particularly loved. Um, one More Happy Ending is another hidden gem one, actually. But anyway, I have to stop talking at some point. <laughs> um, and finally, Choi Jin Hyuk has been in Mr. Queen, Rugal, Tunnel. So, yeah, heaps of heaps of good stuff. Um, Faded to Love You, it's a remake of the Chinese drama of the same name. I had previously watched the Chinese drama, totally loved it. Uh, heard there was a Korean version and thought I need to check that out. Um, but, I, you know, and it's hard when you've loved an original. It's like, is, what's the Korean version going to be like? Will it be better or worse or whatever? And But I thought it was... Um, equally good if not a bit better it's a bit tighter because the Chinese one has way more episodes um it can be really silly at times and honestly probably a bit mukjung so if you don't like that probably you won't like this but if you don't mind that and you can just kind of go with it the romance elements are really quite romantic and funny um so the premise is basically just to sort of let you know what it's about. There's the, a mousy, unassertive girl. She wins a trip of a lifetime to Macau. Um, she works with this lawyer in her office who convinces her to take him with her. He thinks she's he's into her and that they're going to get together on this romantic holiday. But actually, he's just trying to get a free trip out of her. At the same time, the male lead, he's the CEO of a shampoo company. <laughs> he's in Macau. He's going to propose to his ballet dancer girlfriend and um, just Prior to the trip, he's acquired this factory, bought a factory on this small island, and he plans to close it down and put everyone out of work. So the islanders have hatched this plan to blackmail him to stop him from doing that. So the plan is they're going to drug him, they're going to get a prostitute to get in bed with him, and then take photos of them and use that to blackmail him. But of course, everything goes wrong, and not only is he gun dra um, drugged, but so is Mi Young. And then because they're staying in rooms opposite each other, so it's room 2009 and room 2006, uh, the room 2009 the nine accidentally gets knocked and turns around to become a six and Mi Young when she's um has drug affected stumbles into the wrong room because the door got left open for the prostitute to come in and play her role so she stumbles in and they end up in bed together they end up having sex because he thinks that she's his girlfriend um but she the girlfriend actually didn't turn up she's gone back to New York she got an offer to play Giselle in a ballet and um Mi Young thinks that he's the lawyer guy so you know they're con consummating their support supposed romance um and then you know the islanders turn up to take photos of them in the morning uh, they both realize oh my god i've just spent the night with someone i don't know um at first he's utterly furious with her he thinks she was part of the whole plan um but then he starts to feel sorry for her he overhears the lawyer 
um, guy dumping her and admitting that he just used her to get a free trip. So he decides to take her under his wing and encourages her to stop being a doormat and it does this classic, you know, pretty woman makeover scene and all this sort of stuff and, you know, helps her sort of get back at the lawyer guy. Um, and that's all really nice. And then they get back to Korea and she discovers she is pregnant. Um, and then, you know, everyone's pressuring them to get married. His grandmother's desperate for an heir to the family business. So she immediately draws Young into the family and, um, you know, insists that they get married. He doesn't want to marry her because he's in love with his ballet dancer girlfriend. And But then he gives in and she's going to have an abortion and then doesn't blah, blah, blah. All this sort of stuff happens, all this classic sort of soapy drama stuff. But they end up getting married. He's horrible to her at first, really awful, but put up with that because she does come good. Um, the, um, there's a, the, the third character in the love triangle is a character, Daniel, um, who becomes a friend to her. She mistakes him for a priest at first and then they, they become friends and, and uh, he falls for her and that, you know, I feel really sorry for him because their romance is really sweet. Um, and, you know, they get torn apart They're for a very silly reason, admittedly, and that's where it becomes quite sort of muck-jung. He's got this mysterious genetic illness and sudden memory loss and all this sort of stuff. Very silly, but fun. Um, Jung Hyuk has this horrific hairstyle in the first half of the drama. It's like his hair is really long and it flicks up at the side. Oh my God, it's so bad. It looks ridiculous. Um, he has this annoying put on laugh, um, which is, it is off-putting. I, I found it quite off-putting. There is a reason for the laugh, which gets explained in the last episode, but really, I think I could have done without that element. Um, but um, he does eventually cut his hair and then oh, he's a handsome man. Um, so I did, did enjoy that. Um, but, you know, lots of flaws, definitely. But just, gosh, it was just so, I don't know, it, it's just a really sweet little romp. It's um, pure, total escapism. It's lots of fun. Um, yeah, nice eye candy once Jung Hyuk cuts his hair. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it's a real hidden gem. I, I really loved it. I'd be curious if anyone decides to watch it, what they think of it. Maybe not everyone will love it as much as me. Um, anyway, I should finish. Thanks everyone for listening to me Babylon about these K-dramas. It is really hard to start <laughs> stop talking once I start because there's so many good ones. Uh, I hope everyone's staying well wherever you are and enjoying your K-dramas. Uh, so until next time, bye everyone. Uh, it's back to me. It's Evie here chatting about my underrated K-drama gem of, uh, that I just randomly wanted to talk about. I haven't written any notes, so this will be a bit all over the place, but whatever. Um, so I'm so excited. I felt like the timing was so good for this because I've been re-watching, uh, I said at the start of the episode, I've been re-watching a, a K-drama from 2019 called The Tale of Noctu recently, and I'm so obsessed, like so obsessed with this drama. So I did watch it when it came out in 2019. So this is the tale of Noctu. Um, so I watched it when it came out and I loved it. It was one of my favorite dramas of the year, but I had quite a few different dramas that I really loved that year. And I remember it came out at the same time as quite a few other dramas that I also loved. So even though I really adored it, it, it wasn't like the only one that I loved that year that made it stand out really strongly in my mind. Um, but recently I was watching the 2022, is that the year we're in now? 2022, my goodness, um, K-drama called Moonshine, which is a Joseon set, kind of a lighter sort of fun 
almost rom-commy sort of drama, even though it's set in Joseon times and people are still running around with swords and stuff. Like it's just really fun, really romantic, like an adventure. And I loved the vibes of it. And I just wanted more of that basically. And it kind of reminded me of the tale of Noctu, which is set in Joseon. So this is a historical K-drama, but it was also very definitely a rom-com which I think a lot of Joseon set dramas aren't really, you know, they can be sweeping romances or adventure romances, but like an actual rom-com that is just, you know, for the first three quarters anyway, just so light and cute and sweet and swoony and so funny. Like it's such a great drama. So that's what I've been rewatching. And because I've already got an older episode on it on the podcast, which I don't always love my older episodes. I feel like I didn't really have the same structure to my kind of discussions as I do now. And the way that they run now, I really like. It's really easy for me to sort of get into the the meat of the drama or whatever. Um, so anyway, I don't know. Maybe that episode's really crappy. I don't know if I suggest you go back and listen to it or not. But my point was, and I did have a point, was that I really desperately need to talk about this drama a lot. And because I've already covered it on the podcast, I couldn't really talk about it a lot, which was kind of hurting my heart. And then this was the guest gabble um, topic. And I thought the tale of Noctu is most certainly an underrated drama. It's not a drama that people talk about. Like, I think it was kind of mildly popular when it came out in 2019 and people watched it. And there was quite a lot of buzz around it because it kind of takes that absolutely fantastic trope where a girl dresses as a boy in order to, you know, I don't know, be a king, go to school, something like that. And it flips it um, and reverses the genders. So in this drama, um, the kind of the hook or the concept of the drama is that the, the man actually has to dress like a woman in order to infiltrate a women only widow village in the Joseon dynasty. Um, and he's doing this because um Basically, a bunch of assassins have been following him around his entire life. And when he fights them off after they're attacking his family and stabbing up his brother, but don't worry, his brother's fine because it's a rom-com. Um, this, this main dude, he, he realizes that these assassins are women. He follows one and this woman walks into a women only village where he cannot get in no matter what he does. He's not allowed in this place. So it's very, very funny seeing him. And I think this actor does such a good job of dressing up like a widow, like in a beautiful pink and white hanbok with his like, you know, long flowing hair, which, you know, the actor's clearly grown out for the drama. Like obviously there's wiggy bits too, but he's actually grown his hair long. Uh, so it's not like a man wig sticking out the bottom or anything. Um, so it's just so good. It's so, I just love it. Okay. So I'm just jumping around all over the place. Uh, this one's a 16 episode rom-com, like I said, and the main actors, um, so the female lead is played by Kim So-hyun, who of course, most people, if you've been listening to this uh, podcast for a while, you know, she's my absolute favorite. She's from, uh, with, with where the <laughs> river, not with uh, river where the moon rises. She's from love alarm. She's from heaps and heaps of stuff. And the main male lead, is played by the actor Jung Dong Yoon. And Jung Dong Yoon was also in Search uh, recently, I guess 2021, I suppose, um, which was like a military DMZ drama. And he was also meant to star in Joseon Exorcist, but it got cancelled, so he did not. Um, this actor, Jung Dong Yoon, is so good in this role. And I think, gosh, I'm really waffling now, but I'm so excited about this show. I feel like it is 
just so brilliant. Um, so I thought I'll just talk about a few of the things I like. So obviously the comedy at the start, seeing him dressed up as a widow is really good. I think he does such a good job. Like he, he is a dude. He's about twice as tall as everyone around him and has very big shoulders, but he really puts on like a higher voice and he changes the way he walks. And he's, um, I don't know, he's very pretty and he just kind of pulls it off and it's it's quite fun. I don't know. There's a lot of comedy in it, but um, yeah, really, really sweet. And then um, he has to, of course, you know, share a room with uh, a Giseng in training, which is our female lead played by Kim so Hyun. And, you know, eventually after becoming kind of friends with each other, um, he's obviously got a mad crush on her, but she just thinks that this is her new, like slightly older friend, um, a woman. And eventually Dongju, the female lead, you know, realizes that she's actually sharing a room with this dude. And so, you know, she's sharing his secret and oh, it's the romance is so good. And I think it stays filled with tension throughout the entire drama. Like this is one of those dramas that for me anyway, it doesn't have a dip. It doesn't like kind of meander. It doesn't have that slow patch in the middle. Like it's really wonderfully paced for me. Like I was just riveted the whole time. Um, there's a great twist with the second male lead that was, is really unexpected the first time you watch it, which is brilliant. Um, but I think one of my favorite things about the drama is probably the characters. Like I love both the female lead character and the male lead character so much separately as their own entities. I love seeing what they're up to. Their emotional journeys feel so well-rounded and fleshed out. Um, and I love them together as a romantic pairing. There's so much tension in their romance. Each of them has so many secrets that even when they sort of get together, you feel like there's still tension there. Like you never have that, that thing of like, will they, won't they, will they, oh, they did. Okay. I'm not interested anymore. Like there's still so much tension, even once they both realize they love each other because there's so many really deep seated, emotional and dangerous reasons that they can't be together, but neither of them wants to share those with the other. And sometimes that lack of communication in a drama is really annoying. And you're like, just bloody well, tell each other the thing. Um, but in this one, I was like, yeah, no, I get why they're holding these things back. These are dangerous secrets that potentially put the other person at massive risk. Um, so it's really good. And also look just on, you know, a shallow K-drama fangirl level, because I guess it's impossible for me to keep that out of my discussions. <laughs> look, this is just who I am. I can't help it. <laughs> um, Jung Dong-yoon, the main actor who plays Nokdu, our lead character, dressing up like a woman for the first half and then running around in like a police outfit in Joseon times in the second half. He's so good. Like I'm fangirling so hard. He is wonderful. He's so much fun. Um, just seeing him like go from putting on the high voice and like trying to be like a little bit, you know, feminine girly or whatever. And then suddenly when he's talking to someone who knows, he just drops the act and his voice drops and the way he moves changes, but he's still just wearing this big dress. So it's all really wonderful. But I think the thing I love the most about Nokdu's character, like as a swoony male lead, like I feel like there's so many elements that suit my personal taste, <laughs> which is what I can only talk about on this podcast. My my personal taste, um, which in historical dramas, like I love male leads that are really capable, like in warrior sort of ways, like he's, you know, a mad martial artist. He can totally 
like win in a fight against 40 trained warriors. Like he's a real badass. And I shouldn't say badass in my accent because (laughs) it sounds really strange. Isn't that weird? Like I'm so used to, um, American uh, movies and TV that even I realized that you shouldn't say badass, you should say bad ass, but I can't say badass because that sounds not right (laughs) coming from my voice. Anyway, that was a really weird sidetrack. And my point was that Noctu is a total badass and very, very cool and like just a total intense warrior. But then on the flip side, Noctu is also a very young man who's very inexperienced in love, who is really naive about a lot of things, who's so hopeful and, you know, idealist. Um, He is an idealist and so in love with a female lead and just doesn't know what to do with it, doesn't know what to do with himself around her. And it's so sweet. And I love this kind of this flip side to the character. Like, I think normally you get, you know, a really sweet male lead who's very naive or inexperienced in love, who bumbles around nonstop and is just only sweet. Or you get a hardcore warrior type who runs around with a sword and is completely capable and excellent at everything. And I love the fact that Noctu is both of those things. Like he's such a sweetheart that I just adore him, but he's also like a total scary badass dude that I wouldn't want to meet if I was, I don't know, a baddie in an alley. (laughs) I don't know why I would be in an alley in Joseon times being a baddie, but if I was, I wouldn't want to meet him. All right. I really need to stop talking. (laughs) I've just waffled on for so long. Um, But Tale of Noctu is my such I think it's an underrated gem I think if you like historicals at all like if you enjoy historicals watch it definitely give this one a try it's so good it's just the pacing is great the adventure aspects are great the comedy is great the romance is so good um and the casting is so great um so yeah you should totally watch it and I think even if you're not that into like historicals because maybe they're a bit too serious or that it's not so much your thing when stuff's like super political and you know historically accurate or anything like that if that's not so much your jam this one still might really suit you because it's just kind of wacky quirky fun but with so much swoon kind of thrown in there as well I love it oh my gosh it's so good all right, I'm going to stop talking about Tale of Noctu from 2019, historical Joseon set rom-com. Only 16 episodes. You should totally watch it. <laughs> okay, so it's me. It's Evie. I'm back again. I said I was going, but I'm not. And I've come back to tell you a different thing just really quickly because randomly it was in my head and I feel like I have some sort of drive to share this strange piece of information with you that you are probably not going to care about. But speaking about underrated K-drama gems, you know what I think is an underrated K-drama gem that isn't like an actual drama, but a thing in dramas is, you know, when you watch history, oh my gosh, someone just started mowing out the window. Isn't that great timing? Um, Hopefully you can't hear that too loudly. So what I was saying is that... (sighs) You know how in every Joseon drama you watch, the guys all have to have top knots and they wear the gat hat, like the black hat, and they wear the mangyeon kind of uh, horsehair forehead band thing, the black forehead band thing. And then underneath that, which is like obviously got a top knot wig attached to it, all the guys have their short modern hair poking out the back of their head. Look, 
I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but this is a pet peeve for me. It's very annoying. Like everything else in a historical Joseph set drama is like perfect, perfect costumes, perfect everything, perfect settings. And then you have a dude's modern hairstyle just poking out the back. And I'm like, mate, can you not just grow your hair for five minutes? Like it wouldn't even need to be that long to get tuck it up back there. But they don't, which is why. When an actor grows his hair for five minutes, probably a bit longer than five minutes, in order to tuck it up the back of his little, you know, wig top knot thing so he can be in a Joseon drama, that is a true underrated K-drama jam. I love it. Like, I love it so much to the point where I feel like I can pinpoint Every single time I've seen that in a K-drama just because I loved it so much. And the reason that I'm bringing up this particular underrated K-drama gem right now is because the main actor in Tale of Nokdu, Jung Dong-yoon, he grew his hair for five minutes and it's all tucked up at the back like a real Joseon man's hair would be. And it looks bloody fantastic. <laughs> It looks so bloody fantastic. And I just wish all dudes would do this because it looks so great. Um, I guess that's all. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm going to stop talking about it because I feel a bit silly now. But it is an underrated gem. Yay to Jung Dong Yoon for being so great and wonderful and looking so great in this drama. He looks really good. <laughs> Bye. So that brings me to the very end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, huge, huge, huge thank you for all of my wonderful guest gabble guests for taking the time to gather your K-drama thoughts and record these for me. I really, really appreciate it so much. So thank you all so very much. Um, I loved listening to these and I've certainly written down quite a few dramas that some I'd never even heard of actually um, which is always so great about having these episodes um, and I guess I just want to say a huge thank you also to everyone who listens to the show and also a very special thank you to my Patreon supporters who support the show on Patreon you guys are the absolute best um, I love chatting dramas with everybody um, and I just I feel like I get so sappy and I say this all the time, but you know, I used to be a very, very isolated K-drama watcher for years and years and years to the point where I don't know why I never tried to find a community. It just, it like, it didn't even occur to me that that was a possibility. I guess I wasn't thinking of the net <laughs> being used in that way, which is really silly now that I think about it. And I was kind of, you know, just feeling like if I didn't have that in real life, then I didn't have it. Um, and it's just amazing to be part of such a wonderful and positive and fun K-drama community now. And I guess I just want to say thank you to everyone that I've chatted with or who's commented or who's reviewed this podcast, who's even just listened to this podcast. Thank you so much for being part of that wider ne network of K-drama lovers that for me, just makes me feel less alone in this absolute adoration that I have and passion that's taken over my life. And I really, really hope that by listening to this show, if you're in that same situation that I used to be, that you, um, you know, feel like you've got a K-drama community too. Um, 
so yeah anyway <laughs> i'll stop waffling on thanks so much for listening um i really really appreciate it and i hope that you'll tune in again next time i am having a teeny tiny break and then i'll be back in three weeks but if you're listening to this from the future don't even worry about it um i'll be back really soon all right with more k-drama goodness of course all right bye everybody bye